0: Church, um, you will notice in the room that we made uh, a couple changes, and uh, just to kind of switch it up, I'm comfortable um, in that, but it has a point. Um, as we end our series together, one of the things that happens when you're just sitting in rows uh, that are pretty straight, you're looking at the person behind you. And we've talked about this idea of togetherness. It's not just a sermon series that we're going to be ending after today, but it is going to be the ethos of who we are. And so as we do this, as you as you uh, sit here today, I wanted to wrestle with you. Yes, we should eat together. Yes, we should know one another. We should be friends with one another. We should be vulnerable with one another. We should be a place that belongs together. Um, but church, we also want to be able to see each other see each other when we worship. This is not going to be a heaven experience where we are all in a dark, crowded sanctuary, God's at the front, and then we're all, and you can't see anybody. We're going to worship together, and we're going to see one another worship. And so we wanted to kind of allow this space to to switch it up as we end this series to create a little bigger impact on what we do and how we see each other. Um, and so church, um, have you ever had a moment, maybe if you're a little young, you're not going to be like, maybe to participate in this, but have you ever had a part in your life where life seems to catch up with you? Physically, right? In my 20s, my body told me, you can't eat anything you want anymore and be somewhat athletic. You had to do this thing called go and walk and get a gym membership. Right, You didn't just wake up and you look in the mirror and you're like, man, I look good. There's nothing I would change. I'm going to go eat a whole cheese pizza just for me. Like, that doesn't work anymore, right? Like, in the 20s, if you're younger than that, trust me, it might get there. You might have a little more more years, but in the 20s, it was mine. My body told me, sorry, we're shutting it down. You're going to have to change the way you eat. Eat a couple more salads. Uh, But that was my 20s. But in my 30s, um, something just recently happened that my body caught up with me, and I thought, you know, maybe I'll get through my my whole 30s with nothing catching up to me, and then I'll get to 40 and be like, yeah, look at that decade. The 30s are the best. Um, but the the 30s decided um, that uh, I was, my I, my eyes were going to change, and I don't know if some of you noticed, but um, my le- my right eye decided that it's no longer going to work. Like, it's it's not that bad, like... And again, like, these glasses, like, the left lens, my left eye, is better than perfect. Like, it's 2015. It has no—this is a clear lens. Anybody could put this on, open your left eye, and you would be able to see clearly. But my right eye had decided that, you know, I'm done compensating. I can't help anymore. You need to go get me a little bit of help. And so in my 30s— the Lord decided that it was time for me to get glasses uh, to see and to read. And so, uh, and then as I was uh, I've been wearing these the uh, last couple days, and my wife has asked, she's like, does it actually really make a difference? Right? Have you ever tried on somebody else's glasses? Right? And like, it just meant, you're like, oh God. Like, wow. Like, it does make a difference for those, and it does. Like, it makes a huge difference. And the thing that I explain it to this way is, have you ever looked at something and it just doesn't seem very sharp? Like, if you got on your TV and you turn the sharpness down, like, you can see everything. But if you walked into a movie and things weren't sharp, what would you do? You'd be like, excuse me. Like, what are we doing? What happens is it came, I put on the glasses and I started to see things in focus and sharpness in depth um, that I hadn't seen before or uh, at least a little bit of time and probably longer if I um, am honest and transparent and confess a little bit, it probably was going on for years more than just days. Like I'm just a man and I struggle with going in and just getting to the point of I need help. And so, but it's just sharpness. And I thought today as we end our series today, um, we're talking about this idea of of how God is at the center of all the things. That Jesus is the center of all things, and we are called not to lose focus on Him. Like today, in our togetherness, when we end this series, when we talk about being together, the big idea that we're talking about is not to lose focus, but to keep our eyes on Jesus. So if you want to turn with me uh, to Hebrews chapter 12, Um, we're going to kind of sit in this text as it um, defines and shares with us what does it look like to be together as one people whose eyes are on Jesus, focused on him. So this is um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 4, and it says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a large cloud of witnesses... To the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, on whom faith depends from start to finish. He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy he knew that he would, would be his afterwards. Now he's seated in the place of highest honor besides God's throne in heaven. Think about all that he endured when the sinful people did such terrible things to him so that you don't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives and your struggle. Against sin, would you pray with me this morning, the Holy Spirit? We're asking you to come into this space. That Jesus, when you were walking with people, you often said, "Do you want to see? Do you want to be made well?" God, you also has told people if they have ears to let them hear. And so God, right now, I ask in this in this time and in this space that our eyes and ears would be open to seeing you clearly and to hearing you. So God, come, send your Holy Spirit. We are your church. You are our God. We ask this in your name. Amen. Well, church, this morning, um, you should have walked in And we're talking about this idea of focusing on Jesus. And there's two things that um, the writer of Hebrews tells us that stumbles us, causes us to stumble, that causes us to lose focus and to um, keep our eyes off of Jesus. And the two things that it says are weight and sin. The weight that that is so heavy upon you, that lays upon you, and the sin that it says, like, it easily trips you up. And I want to say that this morning, that the weight and the sin are the things that keep you from Jesus. Like, the writer of Hebrews is saying, the weight um, that you carry and the sin that seems to trip you up so easily, or maybe just for long seasons... Those are the things that keep you from Jesus. And you might be saying, like, Austin, like, what does that mean? Like, there's weights that we are all carrying. Trust me, I'm not here coming to you this morning that says your weight that you're carrying in this day, in this season, for decades is something that you can just easily lay down. Like, hear me, church. Like, I'm saying the weight that you carry— And for many of us, people have lost loved ones. People are sick. People are going through cancer. People have um, lost jobs. People are going through seasons that are weighing upon them, and they cannot any—they just can't just put it aside and say, I've lost a loved one, and now everything's okay. Trust me, my mom couldn't do that when she lost our father. She couldn't just wake up the next morning and be like, He's gone. Jesus is still good. We're not saying that. And the writing of Hebrews isn't saying the weight that you carry should just be cast aside. But I do think there is, the, the, the Bible is clear from start to finish, that the sin, the sin that it talks about so easily entangles us and it snares us and trips us, that is something that there's not a, hey, you should carry it for a season. There should be no one that you ever interact with that's a follower of Jesus that says, There's sin in your life that you can carry for a bit and trip over, and that's okay. That's not what Jesus did. That Jesus didn't die so that you could carry your sin, but so that it easily stares you. You're called to cast it off. And one of the things that you got this morning that's going to help us is you got this uh, piece of paper, um, but it's not paper, it's transparent. And on it, it says weight and sin, right? And the weight and the sin are these are the things that we carry around, right? If if you didn't get one, um, you can go out in the lobby real quick and grab one. That's totally okay. Um, but the weight and sin, and one of the things that we're talking about this is, we're talking about shifting our focus of our weight and our sin, Like, everybody look down. Look at the weight and the sin. And If you can't see it, put it on something that you can see with. And name, like, maybe even in yours, like, what is that weight that you're carrying right now? There's power in naming it and knowing it. Right? And the same thing with sin. What is that sin that so easily ensnares you, that causes you to trip, that really um, you need to cast off? And Jesus says that the weight and the sin is we need to cast it off. And one of the things that we talk about when it's casting it off, is I want to do this. Is everybody hold it up. Hold it up pretty close to your face. And just look at weight and sin. Now what I want you to do, when we talk about what is the writer of Hebrews saying when he's saying cast it off. Focus on Jesus what we're asking you to do is just switch your focus. So what I want you to do is hold it up to the cross. Everybody look at the cross, weight and sin, close to your face. Look at the weight and sin with a cross in the background. Look at the weight and sin. What... What the writers of Hebrews is saying, and this is so important for us, is as we look at our weight in sin, that, G, that they're saying, the writers of Hebrews is saying that your weight in sin holds you back from focusing and following hard after Jesus. And so, church, as you look at your weight in sin that, that holds you down, what the thing is, now switch your focus. Look at the cross. Look at the cross. Switch your focus. Now, as you toggle back and forth, toggle back and forth, focusing on the weight and the sin, and then focusing on the cross, can I tell you something super important right now? When you look at the cross, your weight and sin aren't magically gone. Your weight remains. The season that you're carrying will remain the sin re- remains until you turn and repent and walk away. But here's the most important thing. When we're following Jesus and focusing on Jesus, when you're focused on the weight and the sin that's right in front of your face, we allow our weight and our sin to influence, interpret how we know Jesus. But switch your focus. Focus. And look at the cross in the midst of your weight and your sin in front of you. And what we're going to tell you is that your Jesus now informs your weight and your sin. This might be heavy, and we're talking a lot about weight, but think about This This is the thing that is incredibly important to us as followers of Jesus. As you toggle back and forth, and you feel free to like hold it up and look back and forth, but so often we are so looking at our weight and our sin, and we're seeing the implications that it has on our life, the interpretation that it's taking on our life, and we interpret those things to Jesus. Jesus, why in the world do I have this weight that I'm carrying? Jesus, why in the world am I struggling with this sin? Jesus, why in the world do you look at me and all I see is the weight and the sin? Jesus, when you look at me and I'm looking at you, I only see the weight and the sin. But when you toggle and you stay focused on Him, your weight and your sin is now interpreted. But the God who has overcome it all. Church, this is good news. This is good news. This is what we, this will set you free. Set you free because there will be weight and sin that is striving after you, that falls on your life, and you've had seasons where it's heavy and where it's light. And the fact is, is that if we, unless we move from toggling our eyes from our weight and our sin to Jesus, we will continually always have a tainted, diminished, unfocused view of who Christ is because we are so focused on what is presently happening right here. It is often why we miss Jesus so much in our togetherness and we miss so much of Jesus is doing right around you because we're so focused on the wrong thing. Church. What would it look like for you and for us and for me to toggle that back and forth and instead of always looking at my weight in sin to look at Jesus? And so as we do that, church, I want there's a couple things that I want us, that has implications for how we do this. And that when you, because we're talking about this, this doesn't go away. I want you to keep this. And when you ever feel like the weight or sin that you're going on is too heavy to bear, or you feel like you're Jesus, the one who loves you and made you and knows you, only sees you through your weight and sin, I want you to pull this out, and I want you to toggle your eyes from the weight and sin to what is happening around you that because of the weight and sin that it happened in your life does not mean God is not present. You think he's not present because you miss him because you're focused on the wrong thing. So church, what implications does it have in me, in us, and for us? Church, this is at the center of who we are. That together, the biggest threat to our togetherness is when each of us walk around with our heads so in our weight, in our sin, that we start to run into one another. And then we get so offended when we run into someone because shouldn't they like watch where they're going? But together, our togetherness, as we as followers of Jesus are focused on Jesus in the midst of our weight and sin, this is what allows togetherness to continue. Have you ever been um, driving, and for some of those that maybe aren't driving, here's a quick um, important lesson for you today. Um, When you're driving on the highway, and you know, you're going 70 miles an hour, depending on where you are. If you're Texas, you're on 85, the faster the better, right? Let's go. Um, But you're driving away, and all of a sudden you look at a billboard as it comes to you, and you keep focusing on the billboard. What usually seems to happen? You drift. Yes, somebody. Awesome. Okay, at least one person in the room is willing to admit when they look at something else, they drift, right? Or maybe here's another thing, and maybe this is why in our present day and age, it's so so just outlandish, is what happens when you're like mm, driving along, but that text message comes in, or that song that you uh, are playing on the radio or on your Spotify that you just don't like and you need to switch, and you look down at your phone, or if it's on a dash, you look at it, what starts to happen? You start to wander. You start to drift. Drifting is so incredibly dangerous when you're driving. What happens if you drift too far? You could sideswipe somebody, right? You could rear end somebody. They say like a majority of the accidents happen because our focus is on either something exterior or external. In our driving, or internal, the people around us, or the phones, or the songs, or what's going on, that our focus, when it's switched from what we should be looking at to what is around us internally or externally, we start to drift. And when we drift, dangerous things happen. People that aren't driving yet, or are starting to learn to drive, don't drift. Focus on the road ahead of you. This is the thing, is even coming here and being in Connecticut, drifting is so dangerous on two-lane roads, That people die. And I'm not trying to make it too big of a hyperbole jump, but how many of us in our road to faith that we're on a two lane road and we are so focused on the weight and sin or something that's internal or external that we start to drift and all of a sudden dangerous things are about to happen? Our desire as a church is to not drift or compare. The two biggest things that are threats and dangers to our togetherness is that when we're together, focus on Jesus, and then we shift our focus to external and internal internal things. We begin to switch lanes without even signaling, without even moving and not even knowing it. And all of a sudden, we're going to cause a pileup that's going to be on the news, and we're going to hurt people. This is what the church does, is when we lose our focus on Jesus, when we're looking, instead of focusing on Jesus to what we should be, and we focus on something internal, the weight and the sin, internal or external, and when you're saying, like, what does he mean the external? Everybody pull, your, pull your, your piece of paper out. Everybody has one. Now look at the person next to you's weight and sin. Church, can we be honest about life right now? That a driving is that it's not only drifting, that we do something innocently, right? Like we do something like, we just think we are able to operate in life driving by looking at our phone and still driving in a straight line. The pride of us. Can we just talk about it for a second? The pride of us believing that we can drive, state and still look at our phone. Am I talking to myself right now? Okay, if you see me, call me out on it, right? Like, I love it. But this idea that the same thing and not only drifting, but when we internally, amongst here as the people, the biggest threat is that, again, instead of we taking our eyes on Jesus, is we look down and we look at each other's sin and weight. And we say, hey, wait. Their sin is so much smaller than mine. Or their weight that they're carrying is not as big as me. I've been carrying it far longer And that's not fair, right? Or the weight or sin, the weight could be something that you really hold dear to yourself, that somebody comes by and they don't hold it as dear to you, the weight and the hindrance or something or sin, and you're saying, hey, you're sinning. You look at somebody else and be like, hey, you gonna deal with that? Yours is bigger than mine, which gives me the right to tell you to stop it. Right? Or the issue or the, I'm, I'm going to be real honest with you. I've, I've never stopped being honest, but I'm going to just be. Like, the weight or the sin, you'd be like, well, maybe it's the thing that I believe that you don't believe. I'm out. The biggest threat to our togetherness is that the reality is that we take this weight and the sin, and we either shift our focus away from Jesus onto it, or we lose the sight altogether of our own weight and our Jesus, and we look at somebody else's. And we say, hey, but wait, I don't like that. We can't be in the same room together. The weight and the sin. In Joshua chapter seven, or, yeah, chapter one, verse seven. When, when God has been providing for generations manna, and quail, every morning, every night. They're about to enter the land that he has promised them, and he tells them this. He tells Moses to, I mean, he tells Joshua to tell the people this as they go in. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. How often is that not implicit in our entire story? The entire story, the Bible's entire story of human history is that when we are focused on Jesus, we are going the right direction. We are obeying all that he has commanded us to us and he is going to provide. And then the moment in this subtle shift and we focus on ourselves, focus on weight of sin, or focus on each other's weight in sin, the things begin to fall apart. in church... I want you to hear this. Just so that you're saying like, Austin, you've come up with this really cool thing, this really cool idea. I'm going to carry this around and it's going to be so awesome. This is not my theology. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lived personally in the person of Jesus while he was here on earth. That Jesus kept his eyes on God. Jesus kept his eyes on God so that we together could focus on Jesus. What are you saying? Like what? That Jesus kept his focus on God, his Father. In every moment, he needed him. He said, I can't do anything apart from the Father. That everything I do is, comes from the Father. That I'm looking to the Father always. I'm focused on the Father as people come around me. And I'm calling people to focus on the Father as they understand that I am the Messiah. I am the one that you've waited on. And I am going to do what I'm asking you to do. This is one of the most important things about Christianity. this is that we have a God that has experienced and done everything that he's asking us to do. That Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, after he ate with his best friends, after he held a meal together, and he told them and taught them the last few things, he went out to the garden of Gethsemane. He went out to the garden of Gethsemane and he said this prayer. While he told his followers to pray with him, right? Like he told them not to be focused on their own weight and sin of stuff that Jesus just told them. He said, focus on the Father and pray for me and with me that together our prayers might be lifted up. As Jesus goes and prays to his Father one last time, he says this, Father, Abba, an intimate like reflection of his relationship. Abba, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. yet not my will be done, but your will be done. Jesus never sinned. But Jesus experienced the weight of loss in his friendships, in Lazarus, people who are choosing to walk away from him, to get it wrong all the time. How many times Peter got it wrong? He carried the weight in the shoulders. He looked at the weight of the cross. When he's on the garden at Gethsemane, he is looking at the weight of the cross that he's literally in the next day going to be carrying up a hill to be put on, to be nailed to, and then to be set up and allow himself to be hanging from the cross, he looked at the weight, the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual toll that that physical thing was going to be bare upon him. It was going to bore upon his body. And he said, Lord, if there is one other way, please take this weight off. Find another way he also looked at the sin. And while Jesus never sinned, he was the fullness and the completion of the law so that he would be the fullness of the restoration of God in us. And he looked at the way the sin that he was about to take on, not only from the people that were present, but for all existence, all who were and who all were yet to be. He looked at the full weight of sin, and he said, Lord, I need this to be taken away. That the Holy One of Jesus was about to take on every evil, sinful thing that is against God, whether it's word, thought, or action. He was about to take that off from all human history, from past, from present, and a future. He looked at it all, and he said, take it from me. And then he shifted his focus. From the weight and the sin that was about to be put upon him. And he focused on his father. And he said, Not my will, but yours. This togetherness is not a you know great idea that we come up with with every church comes. This togetherness is the way of Jesus. That he looked in the weight of sin. He took the weight of suffering he was about to be impaled on, and he said, I will look to the Father for the sake of everybody that has ever existed. Church, how powerful it would be if we followed and marked our lives in the way of Jesus, saying that I look at the weight and the sin that as I am carrying, that my brothers and sisters are carrying, and Jesus, if you won't just take it away from me, I will shift my focus to you. This is what it means to be a church. This is what the beautiful picture of when God and Jesus birthed the church is that they will do it in likeness to him. That They're going to say, like, in all the weight and sin that you are going to carry as a church, that is going to pull you apart. The biggest threat, the biggest threat that the devil is going to try to do is to take the weight and sin and make it weight too much to bear and the sin too much to keep you in relationship with one another and with God, and he's going to pull you apart. This is one of the things that Pine Lake Covenant Church, I can't speak for anybody else, but for us, for me, for our staff, is that we all have weight in sin in our lives. And we're going to shift our focus to Jesus. And we're gonna move forward and call everyone who comes at us to say, Come and bring your weight and your sin with you. I want you to bring those papers as a representation that every week bring your sin and bring your weight into this place because it is welcome here. Because Jesus looked at it at the moment of his biggest need and said, Will you just throw it out? And Jesus' response from God was no. We are allowed. The reality is our, fi- our weight and our sin will always be with us. But at Pine Lake Covenant Church. The thing that it's going to do no longer is it's going to never longer tear us apart. We're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. And when we are sinful and when we choose to toggle back to our weight in sin and drift or toggle back to our weight in sin and look at one another, we're going to look at Jesus and say, God, Holy Spirit, will you help me toggle back to you? Not my will. Not my will in whatever else is my sin and my shame and my weight or this person's weight and this person's shame. No, God, Holy Spirit, help me toggle back to Jesus so that we are no longer pulled apart and divisive against one another that we long to be together. That's what Jesus did. He looked at that weight in sin and said, I would rather... Focus on Jesus, carry the full weight and carry the full sin so that you might not have to or you might not expect one another to carry the weight or the sin or to put it aside. Church, we are gonna be a church that's called to live together and we do that with the weight and the sin but focus on Jesus. Will you pray with me? Father, I don't know all the weight that we carry or every person in this room. God, I don't know the sin that is in this room. I know my own. God, my prayer for us first is that the sin that has so easily entangled us, the sin that trips us up from following you, God, that we would cast it aside. That we would repent of it. We'd walk away from it. God, and the weight that we carry. I hope every person hears the truth that you speak to them. That, God, you don't interpret their value, their worth, your love to them by the weight that they carry. God, you look at your son and the weight and the sin that he carried and you see us as Jesus saw us. Beloved, our sons and daughters of the Most High King, that he would come to earth to reconcile all things back to him, that we would sing that he is the name above all names. God, may we be like your son we change from who you, who we are, to who you are. God, we ask this in your name. Amen.